you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, Let's just get right into it. Three games in, uh, more or less what I think most fans would agree they expected at this point. Uh, The one area where was a bit of a surprise was uh, Carlos Carrasco's performance today. As I kind of pointed out uh, just last week as I was going through the staff, he's, he's been such a reliable starter. He's not, you know, he's not that old. There's a lot of reasons to, to think he'll rebound to be fine. Um, if anyone is freaking out after three games, I don't know why they would follow the sport of baseball because it must be horrible for them. Um... <coughs> Okay, we could just start an um count, but uh, we'll move past it. The offense has been atrocious. Um, you know, I heavily complained about the Tyler Naquin hitting third and going out there and uh, having three strikeouts. So on Saturday, they do the exact same thing. He's batting third, four at bats, three strikeouts. Thankfully, he was not in there on Sunday. Um, Carlos Santana was about the only pit hitter that seemed to show up on Sunday for the Indians. It was it's it is an offense that it the concern when you look at it at this point beyond just like all these guys are out hurt is I mean this lineup is essentially very close to the lineup that the Indians would run out there most days if everyone was healthy. Uh, yes, Lindorfer uh, Stemetz is a huge, huge upgrade, and that is going to make the lineup look very different when he is likely hitting one with Ramirez two, uh, the three spot, who knows, and Santana four, Hanley Ramirez five. But at this, and while that is going to be an improvement, it's, you know, when we get Kipnis back, are we sure that that's an upgrade? Do we know what he's going to be like? Um, the Indians would have given him away this offseason. I don't know if he's someone we really want to count on being a huge upgrade to the lineup. So this team and its current state and, uh, you know, just on the injury front, it's Bradley Zimmer managed to get hurt again while uh, recovering. Uh, I, I don't know if it's fair or not, but when I look at his brother, Kyle Zimmer, who was a higher pick and went to the Royals and has never pitched in the majors because he couldn't stay healthy, I just look at this point at Bradley, and it's it's he always had a bunch of nagging injuries in the minors, but it never really took him out of games. But there was always something, and I am just starting to have concerns that he's going to be one of those guys who's never going to be able to get healthy. And when you look at the genetic line, and you look at his brother, who has just been injury after injury, you start to wonder if Bradley Zimmer is really someone that we can sit back and and count on. And even when he gets here, you know, he he's a plus defender in the outfield but I don't know and there's power potential but he's going to strike out a lot and there'll be some walks and there's there's a lot of good things I think he's better than what they have but uh you know there's just one of those things where we're talking about three injured bats that could come back and help but only one of them is more than an average player offensively um the other two are average, maybe with Kipnis below average. So it's a little, 
disheartening to see them uh so many guys just so out of sorts uh the other concern just from a basic standpoint even though again extremely small sample size is jose ramirez and his struggles out of the gate um we saw this and it's only because we saw him kind of struggled towards the end of last year and the his inability in the postseason and he's kind of starting this year off slow i'm sure he'll rebound um i hope he'll rebound but it it just doesn't seem like unless he's really pressing that he's going to be someone who falls apart and once he starts hitting better of course that's going to make this lineup look very different so in terms of the pitching staff bauer solid kluber solid carrasco not so much uh, I don't love that Bieber pitched out of the pen. That were, you know, the past few years, Corey Kluber has um, had some postseason struggles, uh, to say the least. And part of that reason, I think, is high innings count and overuse, and the fact that we he doesn't want to miss a start. You know, he doesn't want to have that extra day of rest. If you're the manager, you should be out there saying, "No, you're going to take the rest now because we want you to be fresh later." And we want Bieber to get his reps. Not we're going to have Bieber work two innings out of the pen and be available as an extra pen arm until everything gets settled in. I don't love that approach. Uh, You know, the other players we've kind of seen come out of the pen, Neil Ramirez showing why he was uh, not white. You know, he was available last year. Why no team had signed him to their roster. Uh, He's just not a good pen option especially when you have a manager who leans as heavily on the pen as terry francona does and is going to go to that pen often um you know i don't think there's even a statistic a year ago that he particularly looked good in i mean he's a guy who's pitched in a lot of games in the majors uh just one of those guys who keeps getting getting another shot but has never never been good you know 154 innings with one two three four five six franchises in four years like you you don't it's just it's always interesting to me when teams keep you know there's something there that keeps teams interested even though the performance has never been good you know this is a player that first year in chicago he was solid but basically since then he's at a negative war meaning he's bringing negative value to your team pretty consistently since 2014 last year he was a coin flip point one value yes relievers always tend to be undervalued by war anyways um but you know, he's basically turning into the pitching version of Michael Martinez right now for the Indians. Want to uh, remind, thank everyone who is subscribed on, if they're using the new Himalaya app, if they are on iTunes, Google, Spotify, whatever, thank you. Remember, you can tell your smart device, play Locked On Indians. Um, the second half of this show, I'm going to talk about what some trades could look like uh an interesting report came with uh ken rosenthal and dennis lynn on the athletics so i'll talk about that throw out some ideas see what sticks so if you've been listening you know our sponsor is blue chew uh it's the little blue pill that you can get discreetly in the mail 
if you've ever been curious and wanted to try it, here's your chance to try it for just five bucks, which is the cost of shipping. If you go over to B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com and use the promo code MLB, you can get yourself uh, a trial sample deal of it. So, yeah, it's your chance to, if you've ever been curious, here, for five bucks, you can go and try it out. BlueChew.com. Okay, so as I mentioned before the break, over on The Athletic, um, Ken Rosenthal and Dennis Lynn, who covers the Padres, had a... um, Their names are both on the piece. So, you know, they they work together on it. And the interesting thing was it talked about pitching and how the Padres are still um, in contact with Keuchel and how there has been some talk with Kimbrell. But one of the interesting pieces out of that, if you're an Indians fan, is that uh, right before the season opened, the Padres made one last push for Bauer. And this makes sense as his age fits with their core. And I have always been of the opinion that uh, Bauer's value is going to really peak this year. I went into that last week. There's no reason to go into it again. But I do think if the other four starters are pitching well, that Trevor Bauer will get moved before this season is done. Uh, especially if the Indians have the offensive woes they have. So I thought it would be kind of fun to, to dig around and look at the Padres and figure out what uh, what something might look like. Now, as I mentioned before, it's so super early. Any stats are horrendous stats. There's no point in looking at them. They have very little value. The only value for me is in seeing who teams are playing when they have lots of depth. The Padres have depth for days. They have six interesting outfielders, by my opinion. Um, Will Myers, Manuel Margot, Fran Reyes, Hunter Renfro, Franchi Condero, and Travis Jankowski. At this point, uh, Renfro and Cordero are getting the the least at bats I, I haven't sat down and looked at health or anything like that to see if maybe someone got banged up um, yes that's something I could definitely look for uh, Jankowski currently isn't on roster because he's on the 60 day injured list because he's having surgery to repair a fractured wrist and he's not going to be back for two months but other than that there's nothing really listed amongst injuries for uh, players on baseball reference the other interesting thing is that their backup catcher is uh, former Indian Francisco Mejia. They've decided to go with Austin Hedges, who's the uh, better defender out there. So the Padres have always made a bit of a sense as a uh, trade partner for the Indians. The Dodgers and the Padres were the two teams that probably made the most sense on paper, as I thought the Indians would be more likely to... They're not going to trade the Yankees a starter. They're not going to trade the Astros a starter. You know, when you're looking for teams that might want a starter, those aren't teams they're going to trade with. So you're kind of looking for the teams that the only time they'd have to worry about it is if they both made the World Series. So the as mentioned, the Padres have that exceptional outfield depth, and the Indians are completely lacking. Will Myers is playing well across three games, which has, again, very little value. But that might make, if he continues this, that might make it more palatable for the Padres to consider moving a Renfro or a Reyes. Now, either of those players, you could uh, 
plop into a corner outfield spot and you're looking at an upgrade over Naquin, you're looking at an upgrade over um, possibly Bowers. You know, we'll have to see if Hanley Ramirez was good on Saturday, not so good on the other two games. You know, if Hanley isn't hitting, all of a sudden it's not just corner outfielders they need, but they need some DHs. So that's, you know, just something else to keep in mind too. So a lot of the talk when a deal was first looked at by people mentioned Kirby Yates. Yates was for a short time actually a former Indian. I can't see that happening for the main reason that he's their closer and this is a team looking to contend. And they don't have exceptional pen depth. So even if they were to sign a Kimbrel, I still don't think it makes Yates someone that makes a whole lot of sense for them to move. The guy I would look at Excuse me. Uh, I don't have a cough button over here. Uh, the guy I'd be looking at if you're an Indians fan is, and the guy I think has to be in any deal, and a name who came up in that aforementioned article as someone that would definitely be traded this year would be Matt Strom. He has been a reliever. He has been a starter. He is a left-handed pitcher, one of four in the Padres' current rotation. Um their only right-hander, Chris Paddock, pitched very well today. Strom, they got a few years ago from Kansas City, and back when uh, Taylor, Blake Ward, and I were at Scout, we ranked him as the Royals' number one prospect. Uh, the Indians haven't had a left-handed starter since, I believe, um, I'm totally blanking out, on the undersized lefty who had missed all the time due to injuries and is now with the Dodgers and um, has not been very effective, Casimir. So that was the last effective left-hander they had, was Scott Kazmir. The nice thing again with Strom is that if you want to let him try starting, he does have experience there. I know they have a lot of options from the left side on the in the pen, but that might be where he ends up uh, having the most value is uh, Andrew Miller light type reliever. Uh, I'm not going to compare anyone to Andrew Miller, but that he's a Strom is the power lefty who can get out lefties and righties pitch more than one inning, and that's that's more where I see those two having some similarities. Now, uh, an interesting idea that I was thinking about earlier today is uh, Indians fans do not go and look up the Tampa Bay Rays stats early on, uh, because if you see what Yandy Diaz is doing, it's going to make you very sad. Now, the uh, the Rays are in an interesting position where they were trying to get a DH in the offseason and they didn't land one, and I promise this will all come together and make sense in a bit. They went and gave Brandon Lowe, a second baseman, uh, a, you know, a contract that was pretty significant for a guy who I don't, had he, I don't think he, he had barely played some in the majors a year before, um, but had, he had been effective. But what's interesting then is he's been DHing for them. Uh, he'll move to second as Joey Wendell has been uh, is a little bit dinged, and this is a team that uh, you know, as I mentioned, Diaz is a third, Adames is their shortstop, who's a, a big name prospect for them. They got Brandon Lowe DHing. Um, Matt Duffy is someone who's on a, a a decent contract and is a solid player. So I kind of wondered. 
if there is a world where the Indians, Padres, and Rays can figure out a three-team deal that made sense. Now, I don't have the specifics on that. It's just one of those things, like when you look at the Padres, Josh Naylor is uh, kind of sitting down there and doesn't have a place. And uh, if you looked at Tampa, who could use a DH or a first baseman, he might make a lot of sense to them. If you're the Indians and you could figure out a way to get Duffy or maybe Wendell or maybe both. Basically, my idea here is that instead of prospects, you know, it would be great to get a, a Luis Urias who's in uh, AAA for the Padres right now, but honestly, any call on him, I'm pretty sure they're going to be like, he's the Kinsler replacement in here, we'd rather not, and then you go, well, we're trading you a Cy Young pitcher, we don't care about your rather nots, but the Indians should be in a point to look to win now, and I guess that's just kind of what I'm looking at. I'm imagining a world where you could get uh, a Matt Duffy, a Joey Wendell, a Hunter Renfro, and a Matt Strom, and uh, yes, you take a big hit going from Bauer to Strom, but you have those extra years of control of the pitcher, and you get uh, you know three guys who can step right into your lineup and help you now. It's totally a pipe dream, but it's an interesting pipe dream to think about. Again, I'm not talking about who's going where or what secondary pieces, but uh, you know, it's it's a world where the the move the little individual moving parts could make sense and it's always fun to discuss trades on a podcast and whenever i bring up trading bauer it always elicits a lot of comments so that's always good thank you guys for bearing with me this evening you can tell that i've been a little bit under the weather so uh if my voice is uh all scratchly scratchy and no good i apologize now i want to thank everyone for listening uh keep subscribing and reviewing it's much appreciated remember you can uh subscribe to us on the himalaya app itunes google play spotify or wherever else you get pods i know i use the beyond pod app on my phone this has been jeff ellis with locked on indians and go tribe